Hey, welcome back, everybody. Time again for another episode of Living Hope. A weekly journey designed to provide hope, inspiration, and education for those living with pancreatic cancer. Sharing the real-life stories of those really affected by this disease and how they deal with it on a daily basis. With your host, our 19-year-plus survivor herself, Roberta Luna. Welcome, Roberta. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. We have another aspect. You keep looking at all the different kinds of stories to be told around this. It's not just the people with the disease. It's the community and the family and friends it affects. Introduce us to today's guest here. Yes, I'm happy to introduce you to Trent Luna. No relation, no blood relation. That's hard to believe. How many Lunas are there in the world here? Come on. Apparently quite a few. But he is part of my purple family, and I am actually just as proud of him as I would be of any of my nephews. Um, I feel he has a very interesting story to tell and has done really a, a lot for his young age. So, um, Trent, we both have lost our dads to pancreatic cancer but your story and your circumstances are quite different than most of us have experienced. Would you mind sharing that with us? Yeah. So when I was three and a half months old, my father died from pancreatic cancer. Um, and that was hard growing up with that, really, because like school events and stuff like every year they did like a hockey game or like a baseball game with our fathers and stuff. And that would be hard. And I kind of like. I went to those with, like, my uncles or my grandparents and stuff, kind of as, like, a substitute. And basically that's how I dealt with it. It's great to have family fill in for those things, but no matter who it is and what they're feeling, it's still not like having your dad there. And um, I know it's very difficult, and I appreciate your honesty and being here and sharing that with us. I met your mom um, some years back at our first Advocacy Day, actually. And Advocacy Day, for those of you that don't know, is the day that uh, we get to go up on the hill in Washington, D.C., talk to our representatives, share our journeys with pancreatic cancer, and tell them why increased funding or funding for research is so very important. You chose to go to Advocacy Day. You were, I think, one of our youngest um, members that I remember. Do you remember how old you were your first Advocacy Day? My first one, I think I was about four, maybe four and a half, when I went to my first one with my mom. Did you actually understand the meaning of what you were doing and why you were there? I mean, as much as a four-year-old could, I kind of probably, I think I probably remembered, I remember a little bit knowing that, oh yeah, I'm here because my dad died. I don't think I remembered fully. We're trying to get funding to like research, but uh, over the years, I've sort of picked that up over talks and like research that I've done myself. What was your first advocacy day like for you? I remember... They had a, a kids group with us that I went to, and I still have some of my friends there that I met, one of my friends, Megan, there. And um, I remember the long walks. I remember one of my first times, I think I fell asleep on one of the senator's couches or desk. <laughs> and I remember our like groups of the people and like hearing everyone else's story and how they talk to people really helped me talk to the senators and other people and kind of grew my like human skills, I guess, like talking to other people. So you found the classes that they did um, for advocacy? Did you find those helpful in any way? 
yeah, I definitely found those helpful because when you're like four to I think I, my last one was like seven or eight, I really found that helpful because over the years you would kind of like a yearly thing that I looked forward to every year. Like, oh, I get to go like go to Washington, D.C. and talk to Congress and share my story, which is different than everyone else's story. Yeah, I can remember. I think it was probably the first year, the the photo that you, the picture that you guys drew, um, and you took that with you up on the hill and showed uh, to the members of Congress. And I have to say it left everybody in tears because we were all there either as adults for people that we'd lost or because we were survivors or, you know, going through the treatment. And to have children there, young people there to advocate, it was just, um, it was overwhelming. And I know that was probably very difficult for you, but you really did an amazing job, and I thank you for that. What else do you remember about Advocacy Day or your trip to D.C.? Was there something special or fun that you also did besides going to the Hill? I know we went to, like, museums and stuff out there, but mainly the main thing I remember is definitely Advocacy Day and um, just meeting new people because every year there'd be new and more people who were like, this is my first year, this is my fifth year or something where they've gone for so long and they have like different stories about how they met different people and stuff and like just getting to see other people is kind of fun. I remember um, a picture I just ran across recently where you uh, were with Charlotte Ray. Yeah. Um, Do you remember meeting her? What was that like? Um, I remember, yeah, I remember meeting her and I think I pushed her around in her wheelchair (laughs) a lot. I remember that. Yeah, because we still have that picture on like our... If you walk up our stairs, there's a picture of us with her in her wheelchair, and I'm pushing her. It's yeah, I remember being on the metro and you pushing her, and unfortunately, somebody forgot to put the brakes on the wheelchair, so we were kind of chasing her down the <laughs> aisle. But um, I mean, it's an emotional trip, but you also get a lot of, I think, great memories from that as well. And yeah. Do you have any other memories or any thoughts about your trip to D.C. or being an advocate, or would you recommend other young people getting involved? I would definitely recommend other young other young people to get involved i think you have to be ready to get involved because it's a it's a lot it's a lot of different emotions that you get from going not only just from talking to people but also from like just the whole atmosphere is so like kind of it was kind of overwhelming i know my last year uh, when i went like i think i was eight my last year i went i definitely had a lot of different emotions from like when i was like four and stuff and it was difficult going through that but i definitely recommend anyone younger or even older to go because it's definitely it's definitely a great experience you said you went through the different emotions the first time being four and then the next last time being eight do you remember specifically what those type of emotions were i remember when i was four i was more of like i'm here to represent my dad and here to kind of go through and ex not explain but like show everyone what my dad meant to me kind of when the uh, when I was four, but when I got eight, when I was like eight or like nine, the emotions started to change, and I remember I was sort of in like a weird grief stage where I was like, "Why does everyone else?" I remember something I said a lot was, "Why does everyone else in my family have memories of my dad and I don't?" Which was, which I felt was really unfair, and which I've now learned that it's kind of fun because I get to I can talk to some of my dad's old friends or some of my family members and spend hours talking to them about just stuff my dad did and stuff and it was great yeah i was going to ask you that a little bit later on but since you brought it up what are some of the memories that that your dad's friends and family have shared with you i remember one that i've heard a lot was at i think a wedding my dad was dancing on a table once i think 
Uh, I remember that. I remember a few others where just him being the life of a party kind of guy who was just there to have fun, but also could really show you that he was also not just there to have fun and stuff, but there to like be there for meaning and do stuff. A lot of times um, people tell us, you know, you're a lot like your parents because we have those parents around us, you know, to kind of show an example. Has anybody told you, wow, you're a lot like your dad? I've heard that a few times. I was going home with one of two of my dad's friends from, it might have been an angel game or something, and we were going home and I chose a song and they said this was my dad's like favorite song and stuff. And I hadn't even realized that it was just a song I liked. They said I was acting a lot like my dad and stuff and they thought it was really cool. What was your dad's favorite song? It was a real big fish song, uh, Sell Out. I'm out of the loop, I guess. <laughs> so it's kind of nice to be able to go back with family then and kind of relieve some of these memories, even though unfortunately you're not part of it, but you can still, I think, feel like you have part of your dad with you yeah. through, the, through your friends and, and such. Yeah. That's good. So going back to Advocacy Day, I don't mean to jump around, but I... I've learned I have to ask things when I think of it because I still say I have chemo brain, so I have a forgetful a lot. But your experience, what do you feel like the members that you spoke with, I know, uh, were you able to speak with any of the senators or was it basically their aides that you spoke with? I think I spoke to a few of the senators. I remember talking to some of them. But it's not like I don't remember like what we were talking about. I remember like the moment of us talking to some of them i remember talking to the aides a lot and i remember talking to really just the community of people there that were there whether they're a survivor or a person there who is there for someone they lost just hearing their stories and how they felt what they felt about it how did those stories affect you they definitely when i was uh younger they definitely sort of changed how i felt about it like gave me a different perspective like talking to a few people and they were all like yeah i really miss him but he's definitely in a better place like that i definitely heard that a lot like he's in a better place and stuff and i know that that probably gave me a better perspective of okay well maybe he is in a better place and stuff and maybe he wants to be there and maybe he wants to be with me but he can't Oh, that's a great perspective because as an adult, I hear that all the time. And yes, I know he's in a better place, but I still want him here with me. Yeah. So I can't imagine what that must be like for a young person like you to grow up with that and not have that. So I appreciate your honesty. As far as how do you deal with this? How did you deal with it? Are you doing better now? Did you need counseling? What what were you able to do? I remember I went to counseling for uh, maybe a year and a half, just sort of dealing with it. From when I was at that stage where I was like, why does everyone else have memories and why does everyone else sort of, why does everyone else think of him in this way when I think of him in a different way? Or why does everyone else see him as this, like, like a life of the party when I saw him as like my dad, he's just my dad and stuff like that. You have a, a little different perspective and if it's not too personal, how, how did you, or how do you think of your dad? There's definitely been like a few different things I thought about, like how my dad's been. I remember when I was little, I thought, oh, he's just in heaven. He'll just be like, he's just there parting it up and stuff. And I still think of that a little bit because I just think that's more of a comforting way to think of it is he's just parting it up or stuff. But now I think he's definitely like watching over us. 
a few years ago, we were going to Mexico and needed our passports. And we couldn't find, I think it was either my mom's or mine, and we couldn't find the passports for like a week. And then the day before, we found it just sitting in a box. And so every time something like that happens, we always say, it's just my dad messing with us and stuff. <laughs> He's just being a jokester and stuff. Yeah, I tend to blame my dad for a lot of things as yeah. well. <laughs> it's easier. And it is a little bit comforting because you feel like you know yeah. they're there with you. And I've always been told as long as you say their name and think of them, then they are with you just in a different way. When you went to Advocacy Day, did you really understand what it was you were doing or were you going were you going because you wanted to go or because mom wanted you to go or somebody else wanted you to go? I remember when I got older when I went, I wanted to go a lot because I had enjoyed it the first two or three years I went and stuff and I had made friends there and I had sort of kind of gotten used to going every year because it was kind of like a trip that I was always planned for and I was always ready to go and I always had fun when I went and I always got to sort of experience that different like nature of it there so you would definitely recommend others to get involved and go to advocacy day definitely when you were there did you feel like they were really listening to your story and like you had really had affected them yeah i remember one time we were in this i don't know where it was but we were in this really big building with a whole bunch of office it was probably like a really big office building for the senators and stuff and i remember i went up and i talked to one of the senators about like yeah, when I was three months old, my dad passed away and everything, and this is how I feel, and I'm here trying to, like, make money for, like, funding and stuff. And I remember him being very moved and touched and stuff, and, like, really, I remember him, I remember seeing him, I think, the next year, and he was like, hey, I remember you and stuff, and he had said he had donated and funded and stuff, and I remember that felt really well good to me. Yeah, it does, and I remember your, you know, hearing your story. I mean, as often as I do, it still brings tears to my eyes because it's just something that's very moving, and you tell it in a very deep and honest way, and it's greatly appreciated. All the survivors I always hear, they're always really happy that you're there and, and sharing your story. Now, besides Advocacy Day, you're really a very active young man. You've um, participated in Purple Stride, which is PanCan's Walk to End Pancreatic Cancer, You've been to their Purple Lights, which is a ceremony that celebrates and honors the people that we've lost and the, the survivors that are still fighting. You've gone to your city council and, and asked them to make November Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month to proclaim it, which they've done. My goodness, you're, you're not even, what, 15 yet? And here you've done all this. What's next? What are you going to do next? I definitely want to go back to um, Advocacy Day. This year or next year, whenever we can, I definitely want to go back. And just because now that I'm older, I think I'll see it in a different way and be able to sort of convey my story a lot better than I did when I was younger. And just also because I really miss the community that we had there. And other than that, I really don't know. Yeah, it's uh, really strange to try to make people understand that it's a family. Um, It's a family maybe none of us want to be involved in, but, you know, we're there nonetheless for everybody Unfortunately, Advocacy Day this year is virtual, just like it was last year, but there's still time if you want to get involved, and they're starting their Action Week actually next week. So you can go on their website, it's pancan.org, and get that all figured out. I just want to thank you for coming out and just being so honest with us. One thing I did notice when I was looking at your dad was something, I'm not sure if you guys wrote this or if this is something your father might have written, but it really struck me. And I want to read it, quote it, so I get it right. Just as the Luna will always be in our sky, so will you always be in my heart. Is that something you guys wrote for your dad, or was that something he had written? 
I don't remember if he wrote that or if our someone in our family wrote that. But I remember hearing that a lot, like when I was younger, and hearing that in like cards and stuff uh, for him. And something we did, I think, for the day of his passing, we did a balloon release where we all get together and like have his friends and his family and our friends and our family meet at like a park or meet at our house or something, and we'd have these balloons. Uh, usually all like purple and stuff and we'd all release them and i remember the last year we did it before covid hit we um the way i was like my first year of i wanted to do something about it i wanted to have it be instead of us just letting the balloons go us doing something and so what i told everyone to do was come with your best memory of my dad and we're going to go in a circle and i want everyone's like best true honest memory of my dad so I can gain that perspective of this is what he was like with his friends, this is what he was like with his family and stuff. And then we all released the balloons. And I know that was definitely an emotional day for all of us because it was like sort of just reliving his life. That's awesome. Can you remember some of the best memories or thoughts that people had? I know we heard the dancing on tables a lot because apparently <laughs> he did that just a lot. Like it was his favorite pastime or something. But I remember one of my older cousins told the story of how she was really close with my dad and she just remembers him as being her favorite person and stuff which was really emotional for me yeah those are wonderful memories to to have and keep and i hope they were written down in something so that you have those to always uh, cherish i want to thank you for you know coming and being honest and sharing your journey i know it was difficult if you could leave any advice with anybody yourself that was going through it or is going through losing a parent i know it's different versus your age versus my age what what would be the best advice you could give them or thought you could give them just sort of keep going on with even if it's just small things like reliving their memories like we do with our balloon release and everything like that or like on my dad's birthday we went to Disneyland every year and had like a little tree with him and stuff just keep doing things that'll sort of keep him fresh or him or her in fresh in your mind and have him still be one of the things you think about and have him or her be one of the most important things in your life is that yeah my mom or my dad has passed away but I know they're still looking down on me and still like playing jokes on me or still (laughs) um making sure I'm okay and stuff so look for those little things that you yeah. can either blame or cherish on <laughs> on your parent or the person that, yep. that has left. Well, again, I, I thank you very much. I think you've, you're a wonderful young man. And like I say, um, I'm very privileged to have you in my Purple family, and I would be very honored to have you as my nephew as well. You've been an amazing man and done amazing things. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I love you very much. <laughs> Well, there you have it. Another amazing journey. We thank you for listening to Living Hope. This weekly journey designed to provide you with hope, inspiration, and education for those living with pancreatic cancer, for those affected by it in ways we can't even imagine. Sharing the real-life stories of those really affected by this disease and how they deal with it, continue to deal with it on a daily basis. If you'd like to share your story, please contact us. If you or anyone you know needs help right now, there is a place you can call Patient Services at 877-2-PAN-CAN. That's 877, the number 2, P-A-N-C-A-N, for the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. For OC Talk Radio, 
Thanks for listening. Hope you join us again as we stream live here from the University of California, Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center.